Welcome to the Sober by Design podcast, where we explore the many pathways to recovery and a better life through conversations with a wide array of guests. Whether you're sober curious, in recovery, or simply looking to improve your mental health and well-being, this podcast will have something for you. Each week, we sit down with inspiring guests from all walks of life who share their personal stories of struggle and triumph, offering valuable insights and practical advice on how to design a life worth living. From addiction and mental health to spirituality and creativity, we cover a wide range of topics that are relevant to anyone seeking to live a more fulfilling and authentic life. So join us on this journey of discovery, growth, and transformation, and start designing a new life. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sober by Design podcast. Tonight, we have a guest um, coming in from Canada, uh, Jeremiah Amporifi. Um, Jeremiah, you want to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, thank you for getting my last name right, even though we, we practiced like three times pre-recording. You got it. So thank you. That's good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just right now, I'm just a comedian and a writer and event producer but just starting off from my young age i was i grew up in a pretty good middle class background um grew up in a place called langley which is about an hour outside of vancouver uh it's not really an eventful childhood nothing crazy happened to me uh got to grow up at a place where i had a lot of kids in my neighborhood so i still got to have that kind of riding my bikes in the summer but at the same time i grew up in that generation where we also had video games and stuff Mm -hmm. and it was like so it was a very weird and we also had access to the internet but we still played outside so i don't know if kids play outside these days i it's weird (laughs) hit or miss (laughs) hit or miss yeah because it's like i can look at it like oh they don't play outside but you know people want to look at my generation that way too so who knows but yeah i mean it was mostly good and of course there were hard times like there is for everybody but you know i can't really i don't have too much to complain about um i was a really quiet kid and a really shy kid so i think that actually probably relates to how drugs and alcohol uh, why i was attracted to it okay because i think it helped bring that out of bring um myself out of my shell a little bit mm-hmm. uh but i started yeah i was a pretty good kid didn't get good grades at all just didn't care about school uh and i got in trouble for that quite a bit but then around 13 14 i actively got in trouble i found getting in trouble was a way to get attention and it was actually pretty fun because it was pretty easy to set off certain teachers uh like i remember one time uh we went to this middle and high school this was a middle and high school merged and uh we went to the high school bathroom and our vice principal, like he pulled, there's like six of us. He pulled us in. He just started screaming at us. And we thought it was really funny because <laughs> it was kind of funny because it's like, why? <laughs> but yeah, that was just getting attention was a way, getting in trouble was a way to get attention for me. Uh, but then around 14 is when I actually first smoked weed. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first, what happened was there was a 420 event. So this is actually the anniversary of that. <laughs> right, I know. I, <laughs> so it's a good thing we're recording this today. I was reminded uh, of that earlier today, yeah, that it's 420. I think that was so. nine years ago, my ninth, <laughs> my ninth anniversary of actually smoking weed, because I was, oh wait, no, 11 years ago, because I was 14, okay. so I'm 25 now, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, so my friend, he was said, oh, do you want to go to 420? And I didn't want to go. I didn't even have a plan to tell my parents. I didn't call my parents. I just went. Mm-hmm. So we went to downtown Vancouver. Uh, I think that was the first time going to downtown Vancouver by myself. And there was this huge event. Uh, my friend, the way we smoked, is he had a kazoo. Mm-hmm. And he cut out the top of a window screen and then he put we he used that as like the bowl and then we smoked that i don't know i feel like there were some chemicals in there i don't think we got high from just weed i don't know it was but it was definitely an experience yeah and it was the first time i had done anything like i hadn't smoked smoke i smoked weed before i had alcohol yeah so that was my first time doing anything at all and it was i've never had a high like that again it was definitely I don't know. It was very, very powerful, very confusing. And I was really scared, but it, I, it was also super fun. I, I remember just yelling things at people mm-hmm. like I just, yeah. Uh, like people had a uh, Vancouver Canucks journeys, uh, jerseys, like the hockey team. And I just was just, ah, go Canucks. Like, I don't know. It was a weird experience, but uh, so because I didn't have a plan at all, my parents obviously knew something was up <laughs> because it was on 420 and I just disappeared. So then I came home, got in a lot of trouble, uh, but you know, I it was worth it, and I didn't actually use weed again for about a year, I think. And then this time it was at a youth group, okay. Uh, and then we smoked out of a pop can, so I didn't get to properly smoke until like a year later when I started actually doing it myself. And mm-hmm. when I started buying weed myself and started doing it myself, that's when I really got into it. Um, so it was the cycle of, I would be really into it for a while. And then I actually dropped it for about a year and then I got into it a lot and then I dropped it for about two years and then I got into it again, uh, when I was probably maybe 21 and then I had a bit of, I had a a summer where I was a complete stoner because at that time I didn't really have a lot of responsibilities mm-hmm. so I could I was able to just um you know come home from work and the only thing I had to do was like I was writing back then but I would just like write for an hour and then I would smoke weed and then uh yeah but then that kind of ended because I was in university at the time so I had to focus but after that uh I dropped it picked it up again at around 23 and then from 23 till 25, like earlier, uh, like halfway through this year, I uh, like probably till January, I was pretty into it. And I, w- I wanted to take a break for so long, but <laughs> I, w- I had this thought of, oh, I want to take a break. I want to take a break. I want to take a break. But I never actually did it. Um, and then I slowly tapered off. Um, to about once a month and now i've been clean for a few months now so okay. yeah okay so it's yeah. a big it's been part of your life for a while and yeah. you're obviously a creative guy um couple things one <clears throat> vancouver right yeah. I, I think it's a big part of the culture in that area is as far yeah. as i know i've never been to vancouver we are going to vancouver this summer on vacation actually mm. so oh, nice, it'll be our nice. first trip into the uh into the western part of Canada. Um, but as far as I know, it is a big part of that city, right? Yeah. You know, weed and that whole uh, culture is really prevalent in your area up there. So it's understandable how, you know, that happened with you. Um, yeah. What I want to know first is, um, 
you know, drinking. How did drinking play into it with with that? Like, was there a crossover? Was that attractive to you or not at all? Was it just... Yeah, I mean, I definitely, yeah. I mean, I've also recently quit drinking too. And um, drinking was, I would combine the two when I was at parties quite a bit uh, in high school anyway. So I would combine the two and it was always a really good feeling of having both. Uh, But then it got to the point where I would be doing that by myself. That was probably the darkest it got when I would drink and smoke weed alone in my room, because at that point it wasn't about having fun. It was about trying to escape, Mm -hmm. you know, a life that I'm not happy with. So, and that's what I did with weed too for a really long time. It was about an escape. So I would combine drinking, I combined smoking, especially during the COVID lockdowns uh, here, there was a period uh, where I was doing either uh, smoking or drinking or both every day for a few months. I, I think it was like that. Yeah. So yeah, they definitely combining the two uh, a lot of the time. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if you had just kind of gravitated towards, you know, smoking and then drinking was like nothing to worry about, but it sounds like both were, you know, affecting your life. Um, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to bring up was, you know, as a kid, you know, you start so young, it's like, that's kind of your baseline now right so you started at i think you said like 14 and you're going through so it's like that is kind of how you know how to navigate life to some extent right so it's always been been there um and then you you are a very creative person so you know that's also been part of your creative process to some extent i would imagine so now that you're kind of tapering away um do you see any changes in your you know, comedy and your writing. And I, w- I want to talk more about that, but like just sure, yeah. should have tried to tie it back a little bit. Like how has that affected you? Well, this? it's actually funny because uh, I actually can't really uh, work while I'm high. I'm not one of those people who's creative. I, I, I would write jokes while I was high for standup, mm-hmm. but they'd actually usually be really bad. They, they I just think they were funny. So then it was, so it actually, that's a huge reason why it affected me so negatively is I can't focus while I'm high. So it was pretty much just negative effects. It actually didn't have any kind of much of a positive effect on my creativity. Okay. Um, yeah. Good, good, good. So as, as you've been, you know, getting it out of your life, have you seen your, I think stand up is really what you're focused on right now, as far as I could tell. Um, are you seeing a positive you know outcome because I, I know other comedians in in the industry who have you know given up alcohol or drugs and they've kind of gotten really sharp right like their their focus yeah. is laser sharp and their their stand-up is just kind of taken to that next level are you seeing some of those benefits yeah i mean i think that it's definitely helped quite a bit of because for me is anytime i'd be high and on stage it would i would forget my own stuff I mean, I would forget stuff that I've been doing, bits that I've had for years, and I would just completely forget. So it would just tank things. Drinking even, even drinking a little bit is, it um, messes with my flow of the set. And it's just not as crystal clear of, I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm doing it. It just makes things a little messy. I forget things. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not as willing to really take creative risks because it's just, I'm just sloppy. So it definitely does lessen uh, my ability to actually do it. And when I was writing too, 
with writing is if I have a drink, I can't focus. Right. right. I've had times where I was, because life just felt shitty, I come home, buy, you know, a four pack or whatever and think, okay, I'll just have a beer and write. It'll loosen me up, but it never has. It's always made it worse. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of jealous of those people who can be better when they would smoke a drink, but I'm not one of those people. Well, it listen, it doles you, right? It it kind of yeah. doles like the senses a little bit. So, it, you know, if you're in that state, it's you just can't do anything. I mean, I you know, I know I couldn't. Nothing I was doing when I was drinking was, you know, the best version of mm. of what I could do. So, I found that my work and I don't do anything like you, but I found that, you know, my work has gotten better over the past, mm. you know, 10 years or so. Um really though even something further back is, you know, you're a kid, you're not doing well in school, you say, right? Um, school, maybe not for you. Is that a good statement? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was actually more in general, yes, but it's probably more that what I learned in school wasn't for me. Because it's just, I love when I would have a class that I liked and a teacher that I liked, I would actually be able to focus when it was something that i didn't care about and then it was no so yeah in general right so it was it was more like the school the school system or the the curriculum right like you you would have been better off if you could pick your classes as like a fifth grader yeah yeah, (laughs) Yeah, i got you um so but you're a writer and you're a comedian so obviously you know you have that you know creative flow and and a very you know a brain that's working all the time what made you gravitate that direction versus say, you know, uh, the trades, right? Like, you know, you could have gone into carpentry, you could have been an electrician, you could have been a police officer, whatever, but you said, nope, I'm going to write books and I'm going to be a comedian. So when does that happen and and kind of what pushed that? Well, the thing is, I know I didn't want that because I tried the trades. I did carpentry for for like a couple summers in high school. And then a couple summers after I've done that work and I was all, I'm not (laughs) doing this. It's funny because the summer I started stand up, I was doing landscaping and some construction or something. Yeah, I think I was doing some of that. So I was all, no, (laughs) like I'm not doing this. So I I tried a few things and I did mess around and I found that okay, this is something I've been doing for years and I can do it for years and I really enjoy it. So it's just through experimentation that I learned. And when you're writing, um, like I know you're writing jokes. So you have these two separate streams. You have your joke writing and then your book writing, right? Um, How are you handling that today? Like, are you carving out time and saying, okay, today I'm writing, you know, a novel and tomorrow I'm writing jokes or is it kind of just all happening at once how are you like kind of separating those streams now well it's just the discipline of doing both every day because with writing is it's just i just set some time before work or after work to do it or a lot of the times i'll write at shows mm-hmm. so at, at comedy shows because a lot of it is you're standing around if you're just doing a showcase you're just standing around kind of talking to people so why not use that hour just sit down and get some writing done. So that's how I do it. I just prioritize my time and just get it done. Okay. And how yeah. many how many books have you put out so far? Uh, I just have one. And one. I'm almost finished my second one right now. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. And I think it, it, if I remember correctly, is it like a, like a fic, science fiction kind of writing or is it what? It... Yeah. The first one is science fiction. The one I'm writing now is a fantasy book. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what is the overall goal here with that? Is it to be like, you know, just a strict novel writer? Or are you looking to take that more towards film or option it or like how, how do you uh, see this progressing? I mean, I'd love for it to be option. That'd be great. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just working on just making it as big as I can and just as, be as the best I can and been learning a lot about marketing recently and advertising and really implementing that. So it's just, you know, build a fan base, sell books and make it as well as it can be. You know, that's just all I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, if it ends up being a movie, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But if it doesn't, that's not what it's really about. So yeah. 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 I just didn't know because then you have the comedy aspect, which is like, you're out there performing. Yeah. And so like, yeah, exactly. you know, you have this other side of you, right? Like normally writers who are just writing are very kind of insular, but as far yeah. as I, a lot of the writers I know are very like kind of, you know, close to the vest. They're not really out there. They like to write because then they don't have to speak. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and like, so it's a way to get their, their story out and not be in front of people. Um, but then at night you're going out now and you're standing up in front of crowds, telling your joke, telling your story. Um, how many nights a week are you doing that currently? Uh, it'll just be around, I try to do at least four nights a week. Okay. Uh, that's just like the bare minimum. And then I can be five. Three is low, but at least four. Okay. Yeah. And that's in, are you still in the Vancouver area or are you? No, I'm in uh, Toronto. You're now. in Toronto now. That's what I saw on, because uh, I was a little confused when you said Vancouver, because I saw Toronto on your, your poster. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah. um, so Toronto, I guess, has a vibrant comedy scene. I don't know much about Toronto. Yeah. Toronto's about uh, four times the size of Vancouver. Oh, wow. Like, just for an example, Vancouver has uh, two comedy clubs, but Toronto has about 12. Okay. So that's the difference in, you know, how big the art scene is. So, yeah. 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 So can you get around to like multiple clubs in a night there or are you? Yeah, you can. You yeah, can. Of course. Okay. And then there's also a lot of bar shows as well. And a lot of shows ran in DIY spaces where it'll be not necessarily a club, but there's like, uh, it's like a music venues kind of deal. So there's a lot of the shows all over. Okay. And I don't know anything about, I mean, I've been to Canada, I've been to Montreal and Ottawa. I've never been to Toronto. And okay. to be honest, like, I don't know much about Toronto other than, you know, the Blue Jays and the Raptors. So, yeah. um, it, are you multilingual in Toronto? Is it like a French or no, no, it's uh, just English, but okay. it's a very, it's a really diverse place. So yeah. there's a lot of, there's all kinds of communities there. Okay. It is funny how you've been to Montreal and Ottawa because I haven't yet. Oh, I'm really? Going to Ottawa in June, okay. but I haven't been out to Ottawa yet. And I want to hit up Montreal as well. So yeah. 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 Is it like, is it? <laughs> it's different. You know, I, um, I went up there, I believe I probably went up there before, I was in my 20s, but we would go to vacation. Um, there's a, a cab, a big cabin. It's called Montebello. It's it's kind of outside Montreal, and it's this big resort. It's on a river. It's pretty. It's a very nice resort um, for anybody that wants to go. Um, but when we were there, my wife, um, and she was my fiance at the time, but we were there at Montebello, and we jumped in the car and drove to Ottawa. So mm. Montebello falls kind of between Montreal and Ottawa. And, okay. um, you know, Montreal, 
I've been there a couple of times now. I was there for like bachelor party and a couple other times, but you know, it's a city and, uh, it was a little dingy, you know, um, (laughs) you know, it was like, uh, it's kind of like New York, a little friendlier, uh, you know, that, that was kind of the feeling I had. It It definitely had a friendly vibe, but it also felt like, okay, this could be dangerous, you know, like, um, you know, I remember sitting in a bar in Montreal and we were at a bachelor party and shocking enough, I wasn't drinking that night. I had yeah. um, gone up there and as soon as we got to the bachelor party, I, I drank the first night. Second night, I got a, like I had 104 fever. I was like delirious, but I was still going out with my, my buddies. So yeah. I was sober through this whole night and we ended up at a weird bar in Montreal and some woman walked in and she was selling like sushi out of a backpack. It was just a really weird Wow. A whole weird yeah. vibe, right? It was a weird night. and um, But I like the city. I mean, I like the idea that there's this, you know, the French-speaking uh, portion of it and then the English. And there's it seems very um, culturally diverse, which I enjoyed about it. Um, but as you get kind of outside and you're driving, you know, from Montreal to Montebello to Ottawa, it's very rural. Like, Canada is right. very different than the United That's States. That's true. Canada, yeah, like, driving across Canada is, it's very interesting because there's so many, uh, there's a lot of nature. Like, it's yeah. so, it's very scenic, but it's also, you feel like, for me anyway, like, you're seeing the same thing over and over again, even though it's beautiful, but it's it, very, yeah. Yeah, I felt at some points, like, when, when am I going to see another gas station? You yeah. know, when can I, you know, and that's kind of how it felt through a lot of that. But um, I did I did like Ottawa quite a bit. So you're going to like Ottawa. I thought Ottawa was really nice. It's a, It was a very pretty city. We didn't stay uh, too long there, but um, it, w- it was nice. So we're really looking forward to Vancouver because, you know, I, I just think it looks really uh, pretty over there. We're going to be on an island for a little bit and then. Oh, yeah. The island's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. We'll check it out. Yeah. And then I um, Whistler as well. So we're going to kind of yes, do like a whole okay. little, you know, couple days, yeah. couple days. Yeah. You're getting all the spots. That's good. Yeah. Um, do you like, are you a sushi fan? Are you like, a, what kind of food do you like? Yeah. So I, I do. I do like sushi. Um, you know, if I uh, actually I had sushi this week. So, yeah, we eat it. Our kids don't, but, you know, we eat sushi. Well, Vancouver sushi is very good. Yeah. That's what I'll, yeah. Because one thing I'll say about Toronto is Toronto sushi is terrible. <laughs> terrible? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I didn't know because Vancouver average sushi is like Toronto good sushi. Okay. But I still haven't have found Toronto good sushi yet. So I don't know. Like, it's that, it's bad. So, so well, well, like, yeah. you're kind of like landlocked in Toronto. So yeah, that kind of exactly. makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think, Residential. you know, it's probably, is it two different types of like uh, cultures too, right? Because like, um, doesn't isn't vancouver a little bit more like of it uh have like an asian uh yeah, population lot, yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah i um I, the, again the only thing i know about vancouver and you're probably gonna go that's crazy is kim's convenience on netflix it's like a show yeah. that's all i know yeah. about vancouver so like that's why we're Wait, is it set in vancouver i didn't even know it was set in vancouver. yeah it is yeah it is oh, okay. yeah that's the dude that's in um i don't know he's in some disney movie too anyway doesn't matter um a marvel movie um so you know as as you have gone through these ups and downs of of smoking like you you know you said like okay i could take like a year off and then come back and take a year off and come back like do you think during those years because a lot of people do that right like i'm a recovery coach and we'll talk a lot about these like uh, you know if somebody's really like on this 
road to like a full recovery we'll call them like you know they'll have setbacks or you know they'll kind of go backwards and but it's not like you're forgetting what that was like you you've picked up knowledge along this path right this journey so you know okay i stopped for a year and during that year i was able to do xyz right like was that book that you put out during one of those breaks um yeah it was actually mostly written when i wasn't really smoking that much so yeah it definitely and then the second book is funny because i slowed down because i was smoking a lot of weed but it was also life was really tough back then because it was a lockdown and yeah. it was a very just a really messed up time so it was just sure. yeah but yeah it is true that i was a lot more productive when i wasn't doing it right so so when yeah. you look back do you say like okay i like that you know yeah. like i can see how that's beneficial to my life and and my career moving forward so i'm gonna you know take those lessons and, and build on them is that kind of what you're doing now well yeah it definitely is because even for me now like the last few times i smoked weed it was just it wasn't good because it was all oh i still have seven things to do on my to-do list today and it's just what it really came down to is I don't have room for this in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was using it as a way to run away from stress or negative feelings. Most of the times it was about stress okay. uh, or just sadness. So it was a thing of, I can't do this anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. It's We say it's like modulating an inside feeling with an outside source, right? Like that's kind of what it is when, yeah. when we're doing that, right? Like, and I'll say it, I do it sometimes with food, ice cream, cookies, whatever. I'm having a rough day. I'll go buy a pack of Swedish fish. No, it's right. a bad choice. Do it anyway. You know, yeah. the ideal state is to kind of have good outlets. So like writing or running or, you know, uh, working out any of these yeah. things, right? Like that's how I like to try to fill my Swedish time. Fish, though. No, they are really good. <laughs> I mean, I know you're saying that. They, oh. They're really good. Um, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. But even uh, before this, I really wanted to go. There's a dollar store near me, <laughs> and they have a lot of snacks, and it's not good. I'm like, <laughs> so it's uh, right there, right? Yeah. So you um, you brought up a couple times, and and this is another thing that I really want to talk to you tonight about is kind of the differences between our countries right like we're so close we seem so alike but yet there's these like stark differences and um i'm gonna have somebody else on in a couple of weeks who lives in canada as well um but you know you're saying the lockdown was tough i know the lockdown was different for canada than it was for the u.s it was tough year it was i mean we had a uptick in you know all sorts of you know, overdoses. And I don't even know if all the statistics have come back, but I know people were drinking more and, you know, people were at their house all day. So they were just, you know, maybe starting to drink a little earlier in the day. Um, did you, so were you locked, how long were you guys locked down for in your area? Uh, well, what happened was there was the first one was about three or four months, but then there was a few months of half, you know, lockdown. And then they did another full one that was about nine months. So it was about a year total, a year and a half. It okay. was broken up, but it was, yeah. So it was a, the second one was a very long time. That was, that, the second one was when things really spiraled for me. Right. And was a lot of stuff like just close, like clothes, like your clubs oh, yeah. and all like the dining? Everything was closed. Yeah. Because there was no comedy, no clubs, no, nothing like an arcade. I think if you want to go to a bar it was no dance floor mm -hmm. 
but it wasn't like a Friday night. The bar would be packed. It would be it was something like thirty percent, forty percent. Okay. So not really much of a social life there. Okay. Uh, for yeah, so it was really tough. And is it coming back now? Like, I know in Manhattan, you know, some there was a good percentages of of restaurants and bars kind of closed. You know, even up by my area. You know, I live outside of New York. I'm in Northwest Jersey. But, you know, we had a lot of places closed down, too. They just couldn't make it through. How did Toronto kind of bounce back? Has it bounced back? Are you seeing the bounce back yet? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it feels like life is stiff. I wasn't in I wasn't here during the pandemic. I moved here after. But okay. uh, it's definitely in full swing. Uh, there were a lot of places that closed down in Vancouver that I know of. Uh, just restaurants and stuff and places that may have survived the pandemic, but then slowly dwindled off because it was too much of a hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, but it does feel, it feels like it almost never happened, honestly, but like the pandemic, but for me anyway, it just feels like such a long time ago, but there was definitely a lot of good life lessons in it, but yeah. So there's a couple other stark differences, I think, between our countries. And I just I never get a chance to talk to anybody. So I'm going to ask you about them. Um, and this week in particular, I think, is a big one for us down here in the States. Like there's been a lot of news about these like random shootings that we have. Right. I mean, I'm sure you see the news yeah. down here where we have school shootings and we have all sorts of stuff like this week. There was, I think, three stories that I've seen Four. So one was um, there was a young man that went to the wrong house. He got shot by the mm. owner of the house, right? Like he just rang the wrong doorbell. Wow. Um, he's living, right? And then we had um, a cheerleader in Texas went to the wrong car and she was shot. Actually, two yeah. cheerleaders were shot in that instance. Um, there was somebody playing basketball. The ball went into the driveway. Somebody in North Carolina, little girl, six-year-old girl guy didn't like it came and shot like at the kids and the parents right and then the last one that i heard this week was somebody pulled into the wrong driveway shot and killed mm -hmm. i mean and and that's this week right and that's maybe the focus of our news down here are these like kind of haphazard shootings um but every week we have the school ones right and you know there was a big one in nashville that was like the last big one and a couple podcasts ago i had somebody on that that had a connection to it. And I just wonder, because I, again, I don't get to talk to people outside of my country. Like, how is it seen? Like, do you guys see it as like, man, they're just so crazy down there? Like, well, it's, it's pretty much just the thing of it's seen as, oh man, the, it seems like it feels distant. It okay. feels like a very distant, oh, that's just the US. Like, we didn't, I haven't heard about these four. I think yeah. I, in passing, I might have heard about the cheerleader. Okay. I don't know where. I don't know how. It's just in passing. Oh, you know, an American yep. school shooting. Uh, you know, the fact that you said that it's every week in America, like there's a school shooting every week, that surprised me because I definitely didn't think it was like that. Yeah, that's um, kind of what it feels like. I mean, school shooting, mass shooting, whatever you want to call it, be it a right. mall or school or wherever. It's like we're always getting these stories. And it's just, yeah. you know, it feels like there's just something broken. Like people yeah. aren't happy or whatever. And like, you know, I know that I heard um, there was like some stabbings in Vancouver or something like that, but it's like the stories just aren't this. It's not the same. Like, that's no. just how it comes out. Like, I don't I don't see the same level. And I just feel like, man, we're broken. 
and like <laughs> people right above us kind of have it you know uh figured out a little bit more you know well i mean it might be just because we don't have the same access to guns because in toronto there's been a recent uh these past few months uh you mentioned it but there's been a really high amount of stabbings okay. and assaults um in toronto uh especially stabbings like there's been a lot of stabbings and it's a thing of okay if these people have access to guns would the same thing be happening? You know, right. that's what I, yeah. that's just how I think. No, about I, I 100% agree. And I, that's why I wanted to have the, com because I just don't know. Like, so obviously something's driving people up there too, to be yeah. like a little bit on edge, a little violent. And I just, you know, I want to put my finger on it and I, you know, it's easy to just say, well, the guns, right. But I feel like it's something even more, right. Like, you know, there's stabbings, right. But, you know, if I dig deeper in America, it's like there's a lot of sad people. There's a lot of kids that get bullied, right? Yeah. Like I hear a lot of those stories too, you know, and I don't know. It just feels like something's just a little off, you know, and I wish people could find that that sense of happiness. And I just don't know what it is, but I, you know, I just wanted to see how it was perceived in Canada from up yeah. there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, Canada... I think Canada has more interest in American news than American has in Canadian news because Canada, they'll run a lot of American news stories. Okay. Uh, do you guys run Canadian news stories? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> so. Yeah. So like a lot of there's there is actually interest in what's oh, what's going on in America and it, with the really big ones. Hmm. And there's focus on Canadian news. Like yeah. Canada will really focus on it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that Canada prides itself on is we're not as violent as the U.S. We're better, but I don't really think so. No. I mean, I don't okay. think, yeah, I think, I don't think the U.S. is bad. I think it's violence is a part of humanity. Yeah. Like, violence yeah. has always been within the realm of what humans do to mm -hmm. each other. Oh, yeah. Bad. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we've gotten better. Right. I mean, mm. if we look backwards in time, we're a very violent species That's and true. we have yeah. gotten better. Right. Like, yeah. so I think just um, if we tracked it, we would say, OK, this graph is going down. Um, you know, I think we would like to have it continue to go down. Yeah. Right. That would be the ideal state. But it is. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, people are just people are violent. Right. Kids fight in school and there's just it's like a nasty thing that people do to each other. Um, but no, we don't play Canadian news down here much. No, oh. no I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I am a big. Yeah, that makes sense. Not, there's not much to say. <laughs> no, but you know, l listen, I've I've seen Canadian news when I'm up there. It definitely has a different vibe than American news. I mean, it it definitely doesn't focus so much on the negative. I'll say mm -hmm. that. Um, anytime I've traveled up there, I've I've said, wow, the news isn't quite as dire. Um, yeah. And it just had a different vibe to it. And I do really like the Canadian Broadcasting Company. They have some yeah. great podcasts. They they make some of the best podcasts. Wait, um, is that CBC or? Yeah, CBC. Yeah. Oh, CBC. Okay. Yeah. 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 I yeah, guess I that you. is that Canadian Broadcasting. I don't know, it, but whatever. The CBC makes some great podcasts. Um, yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, obviously is a big difference is um, access to healthcare. Yeah. So I don't know much about your system. I know our system is kind of broken again. And you guys, we always hear down here that, you know, in when we talk about uh, access to healthcare for all, a lot of times people go, well, in Canada, they have it. Right. And I just, 
and that becomes a talking point and like people just say it like they know for a fact that it's perfect and like Canadian healthcare is the best and that's the story. Hmm. How do you find it in Canada? Like how has it been through your life having access to healthcare? Is it as like easy as it's made out to be down here? Um, well, there's certain aspects that are easy and certain that aren't. So for example, uh, it's actually really hard to get a doctor in Canada. Like it takes people months to get a doctor here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it works is, I'm not sure how your health insurance works, but it's for us is like, if we have a full-time job, say a corporate job, our health insurance will cover a lot and our dental insurance will cover a lot. So you don't have insane bills, uh, you know, an ambulance ride isn't, you don't have to pay for it. There's certain things that you do and don't have to pay for. So for me, I got some, something happened with my throat this summer. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to the, um, just went to the clinic, uh, got some medicine and it was just maybe 50, 60 bucks. But I don't know how much that would be in America. Cause it was, it was like a pill and then it was something for my throat. Uh, but I don't know if that's like different in America, if you have to pay a bunch of money for everything. Yeah. I mean, listen, I have pretty good health insurance and, you know, if we just have to go to like an urgent care, it's probably the bill's probably like a hundred bucks there. And then whatever the medicine is could be another, you know, 15 depending or more. Um, but that, that insurance then is billing out to the urgent care and they're getting whatever, you know, made up number it is. It could be, you know, the insurance company could be giving that urgent care center, you know, 500 more bucks. I don't, I don't know. I don't really, you know, know how that all plays out here, but we do pay a lot for our insurance too. So, you know, again, I have pretty decent healthcare through my employer. I think for my family, it's, you know, 500 a month for foreign change a month. And then, you know, we have a deductible and, but right. you know, if you don't have healthcare here, like it is disastrous and not, oh. and it isn't just, it's not like you have a full-time job, you get healthcare. Like that isn't, you oh, know, it's the, okay. yeah, it's, it's different from employer to employer. So like okay. a state employee here has very good health care. Um, I think it might be free, you know, where I'm a private employer, I pay, um, you know, if you work under full time, um, like and, and employers can kind of trick the system, right? They'll give you mm-hmm. just under 40 hours. So right, that you don't, okay. you know, yeah, so that there's yeah. a lot of shenanigans, I think, that happen yeah. in it. But we always hear down here, like, you know, Canada can give everybody health care. Why can't we? And yeah. um, I just it wasn't sure if it was as good as we were made to believe. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty good compared to that. Uh, you know, I think that is true that that's one of Canada's best highlights is the health care thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. Uh, there's still a lot of flaws in it you know, in Canada, like as an entertainer, (laughs) I can say CBC, there's not that much. There's like CBC and CTV. And those are the, there's like three or four Canadian new uh, channels. Okay. That's it. Okay. So if you want to be an entertainer, (laughs) like you have to be, you have to fit those three or four channels, but America as you know, yeah, that's true. I guess it is a divert. I mean, that is our. I know, that's very, I know that's not the same at all compared to healthcare. No, but I, you know, I think that is our export, right? I mean, I think that is an like. Well, obviously, we export weapons and we export entertainment, like those, and you know, you know, there's food things that we export. But I think if you just look at America, it's like people have always looked at America as like the 
entertainment exporter, right? Like Hollywood and, you know, the music, um, you know, you look across some of the best bands of all time, you know, a lot of them have come out of America, um, you know, comedians too, uh, you know, authors, you know, right now movies, I think are huge TV. Um, you know, I, I do think that this type of entertainment is going to sort of level that playing field, right? Like, Mm -hmm you have the ability now as a comedian to go on TikTok and just yeah that's true that's just true. crush it right like yeah. you could pick up your phone every night and just you know rip off you know 5 minutes if you wanted to yeah. um which is something that you, so then you cut out the CBC and and CTV and all these yeah, other exactly, things right yeah. and you're going direct to consumer um you know and i think that might level it out over time um you know america's changed you know we have our our big, was it our big three? C, CBS, NBC, and ABC, right? Like that back oh, in the day okay. was. Well, yeah, big three, okay. Yeah, so yeah. those were the big three, and that's kind yeah. of how we took our entertainment in up until, you know, cable TV, and then it kind of yeah. grew, and you know now you have uh, more um, choices, but they all kind of roll up, so mm-hmm. like a lot roll up to Disney. Oh, that's true. Like now. Yeah. yeah. So it's all consolidated back down. So like, yeah, there's a lot of choice, but it is all controlled by one still like Fox, NBC, CBS and Disney because Disney owns like everything. They own ABC, ESPN. They own all the stuff. And like Paramount is owned by CBS, I think. So it is it is all kind of controlled by a couple. It is funny because they do make it feel like it's different. But then once you look into it, it's oh, this is I didn't know. No, no, it's not that much different. And, and, you know, listen, listen, it's hard because you got to fit into that mold. So you as a performer, I think. You know, if you want to be on like a CBS show, you got to toe the CBS line, right? And, you know, again, there's options now, though. And I think that's super interesting for somebody like you. Um, You know, and I I would imagine in the book world, it's similar. I don't know much about the book world, but I'm sure there's only a couple of big publishing houses. Well, yeah, I mean, there's the big six, but there is a lot of independent stuff nowadays, which you, you can do very well independently you can do better than if you were traditional but it's you just the marketing side is so important it's one thing i've learned over the past few years is the marketing and business side networking side is actually a little more important than your art your art still matters but this side is you gotta you have to do it yeah you gotta put yourself yeah you have to do it it's just yeah yeah, I mean, I guess it's all social media. It's all just getting out there. It's getting your name yeah. out there. And and then, um, you know, if your art is good, it will rise to the top. Yeah. You know, but and even if it's not, even if it's okay, like plenty of okay TV shows are have like five, six seasons. I mean, there's, there's isn't there like a but there's like 12 spinoffs of CSI? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, I'm not a CSI fan, but you know, you know, those like generic cop shows and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you know. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, yeah. even like, um, you know, I think as you get out there, like that's what I mean. Like, if you could get on TikTok and be, you know, that the good stuff rises, you know, yeah, and I think right. or TikTok, Instagram, whatever, you know, YouTube. I think it, you know, that if you're good, that's gonna really pop there. Um, mm-hmm. I think the mediocre stuff kind of falls to the bottom, you yeah. know, and and I see it with. Uh, my kids more than me. I, I, I got off TikTok real quick. It was, I, I would lose like three hours 
just yeah. really fast, <laughs> just right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but like YouTube, for instance, like both of my boys really watch YouTube. And I and they have a very specific type of thing that they watch, and something makes you know they watch guys playing video games or whatever the case is, but and then my younger son will watch like these prank shows and you know, mm. but there's guys that are better than other ones, right? And yeah. and the, so like the cream does rise to the top even in that in that uh, arena. I, I think it's sure. you know it's not just because they were first. I think those guys are really good at what they do. Like that, there's a guy, Mr. Beast. Right. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, huge, he's huge YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, huge YouTuber. And he's like really honed his craft. Yeah. And at first I didn't get it. And now I get it. Like it took mm -hmm. him time. Um, so I think that's a great channel for for people who are, you know, in, in Canada, I guess, where you only have a couple options. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> you can you can break through. Um, yeah. So those are like the big differences for me, I think, in between that I can see from us to, to you guys is, you know, definitely like the the gun issue and then the healthcare issue um the other thing is just kind of and this one's super weird but when i was up there i, I noticed like again this the way that people kind of lived up there were, was a little different like in america everybody is like you know single family home i don't know if it was just the area i was in, in montreal but did you guys kind of live like a little bit more communally in your neighborhood like was it like shared housing i saw like a lot of like shared housing where i was in canada and i just wonder if maybe that's that kind of leads to a little bit more tight-knit too well i mean i think it's definitely a mix okay uh, it's a huge mix just based off of class where you're at because i you know i grew up we lived in a house with my family but then i also had friends who were in apartments i had friends who were in condos shared housing yeah families i knew families who uh especially east indian friends like they have two three generations living in a mansion together yeah. So it's actually a very diverse uh, range of living situations. So I don't think that there's really one way in Canada. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I just kept driving by places and I'm like, and it was like, they were like um, split homes, yeah. but like in a, in what, in a, you know, in my area would have been in like a single home kind of neighborhood, you know, like right. it wasn't okay. like, I'm used to like townhouses, apartments, that yeah. kind of, and then up there I'm like, wow, that's like just a split home in the middle of like nowhere. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure if that was just kind of like a thing in Canada, but, um, yeah, so that is kind of my Canada talk, <laughs> but here's, here's my next question for you. Um, now that you're kind of finding more time and focus a little bit more on your craft, what else are you doing in life? Is it, is it just purely work or are you doing other things for fun? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I was boxing for a little bit, but I'm looking to get back into it pretty soon. Uh, so I was boxing for a bit. Uh, I like just I'm trying to hang out more with friends, trying to be a lot more social. Uh, and through that, I do a lot of just going outside of my comfort zone. So I love going to like DJs, concerts. Toronto is a huge music city. So there's a lot of concerts and stuff to go to like that. Um, I just try to look for activities to do too, just new stuff and do, I do a lot of mixers as well. So I'll go to like, there'll be like film industry mixers and stuff. Okay. So I just go meet a bunch of amateur filmmakers and it's not like, Oh, I want this person in my movie, but even to make friends or just make connections and yeah. Sure. So I just, I'm trying to work on being more social just in general. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was that, has that been a problem in the past where you, you were isolated or? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's because when you're, for me, stand-up comedy actually isolated me because even though it's a social thing, 
I was only hanging out with comedians, which I think hanging out with one type of person is actually really not good for you. Mm. I think it's, yeah. So I really isolated myself with one group of people and then it wasn't really healthy. So I started to break out and put effort into meeting a new type of people. Okay. And the boxing is your fitness outlet? Yeah, I mean, I was doing it for a while, and I'm actually just researching gyms right now uh, to start in Toronto. So, yeah, but I was doing that for fitness. I do lift weights, uh, play a little bit of basketball sometimes, so swimming, so all kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, I tried boxing class. It's hard. It's not easy. It's very difficult. I thought I would be able to kind of get through the class, and by the end, I was... I was really sucking wind. Yeah. It's, it's did you a, only, did you do it a few times or just the one time? I did it just one time. I did a trial. Oh, I want to okay. do it again. It's actually really yeah. close to my house. It's just, it's not the most economical um, setup for, for yeah. me. Um, yeah. You know, it was, I think it was like a flat fee for the month. And I don't know that I would get to many classes just based on right. the schedule, you know? Well, so, that's the thing is it's like, it's one of those things where if you go a certain amount of times, you're actually getting a good deal. Right. But if you're doing once every two weeks, then you're not really. So it's, yeah, it is one of those things where it's like, you really have to be kind of into it and like really going for it to be worth it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for my schedule, it just was hard at the yeah. time with, with other things going on with my kids, but I did enjoy the workout. I thought it was really good. There was a good uh, community feel to it, which mm-hmm. I think is, again, to your point, like having a good community and these people um, yeah. is so important to what, you know, when you're trying to live uh, in recovery, like having people is super important. So I liked, I liked the boxing people. They were fun, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was a real mix. There was like young kids, yeah, you know, middle-aged yeah. people, people a little older than me and uh you know men women it was a it was a really mixed class and it was fun um so hopefully you can find a good gym yeah that would be good we just watched uh creed and uh rocky with our sons so that kind of got everybody back into the boxing mode Um, was it their first time watching uh rocky yeah rocky they did not well my younger son was like okay this is old please turn it off he really liked creed (laughs) right but he has a hard time um watching anything like pre-2005 like it's just like where's the marvel superheroes like what is this (laughs) <laughs> it i think it has something to do with like the the standard definition of it i don't know oh, like yeah, he's you sense. know he's like you well, know yeah i get that because like for me i can't watch black and white movies i don't think i've ever sat through a full like black and white movie i'm just like no so it does make sense to, yeah yeah so but he liked creed um and okay. i was trying to say like well this is where creed started and yeah. like he's like this is forget it i can't watch yeah. this <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had to shut it off um but yeah no i like the idea that you're you know trying to get community back into your life you know diverse community and it sounds like you're on the right path there um the only other thing that i wanted to talk to you about was you know i try to leave every podcast with a couple of things one recommendations for like film music movies some a couple of things that you're into right now um sure. so if you want to run through a couple of those if you got it yeah uh books i'll just go with books because yep. i have a book right with me okay uh, there's this book that i just bought and started it's called iron john okay uh, it's a book about men and it's pretty much about it's a metaphorical journey but it's also about what it's you know what it's like to be a man and how to grow into a man in this modern world um because i think that there's a lot of confusion or a lot of putting down of men for good reason and for bad mm-hmm. and it's kind of 
about, you know, being okay and, you know, coming into your own and discovering purpose and becoming a positive masculine figure. Uh, so that, that's the book that I'm reading right now. Uh, movies? What's the last thing I watched? Uh, uh, I'm watching Barry right now, the last season. Okay. Season four of Barry. So, yeah. All right. And sorry, what was the other question? I... No, just, you know, that that's it for now. I'm trying to think oh. of some, some stuff to give, too. I always try to give people stuff. Um, music. Oh, music. You said you like to see DJs oh. and stuff. Anything that's, you know, right up in your head right now? I'm trying to think of, like, the last albums I listened to. Uh, I'm, wait, I'm just going to pull up my Spotify. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see if it's not too embarrassing. Because I have a really weird music taste. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, oh, I'll shout out a friend of mine, actually. Okay. Uh, my friend, Bath, his, his uh, musician name is Bath Towel. Okay. And he has a album called Appendicitis. Okay. So if anyone wants to check that out, that's what, I, that's what I've been listening to okay. lately. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, So for me, um, you know, I it's hard for me to do like a book a week um, because I just can't read that fast. We were talking; I was talking about it on the last week's podcast, and talking about audio books. And somebody told me I can get them from my library, so maybe I'll start to do that. But um, so I'm not going to give a book this week. But music uh, this week, I was in the car and I was reminded of how much I like Daft Punk. And mm-hmm. I saw a picture of them this week, too. So it was kind of like, all right, I, I should bring that up. And I mean, just a really great band. So many uh, great songs. So if you're you know, on Spotify and you like dance music or, you know, you know, you, you'll listen to them and you'll go, oh, they sampled it, you know, in this song or that song, because now they're getting sampled. Right. right As time right. moves on. Um, yeah. So I really like Daft Punk. Um, and then from a TV show standpoint, um, you know, I think it was brought up on my first episode by my wife, but I'm going to bring it up because it's just such a good show. Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've well, seen I've it. I've heard of that. I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, yeah really. it's really good. Um, okay. We just wrapped season two last night, and mm-hmm. it's a show that I think touches on a lot of hard issues and does it in a very smart way. I'm a big fan of like well-written TV shows, right. and this one is really well-written, you know, Um like my favorite TV shows of all time are just shows that I, I think the writing is really smart. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, like those really like, and those are dramas, right? So you yeah. don't see a lot of like well-written comedies. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's hard, right? It's a, it's yeah. a sitcom kind of in nature, um, but they don't have, it doesn't have that sitcom vibe. It's like, okay. it's a that's well good. thought out story that just makes you laugh. Yeah. And, and that's- well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just, it's like, that's what I appreciate about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I feel like with TV comedy is it was in such a bad place for so long because the sitcom was dominating. So then it was like that, that laugh track, yeah. you know, it's hard to break out of that. There, I think there is some good stuff in that. Like I like that 70s show. I thought that was great, yeah. but but there was a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> there. Yeah. No, there's great comedies. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, things that make me laugh, like Parks and Rec, I think was very smart yeah. and, and yeah. you know, pointed. And I liked some of community, um, mm. you know, and, you know, there's been some other ones that have been interesting. I, I didn't think I would like The Good Place, but I watched that and that was kind oh, yeah, of like, but it was too. good. Yeah. It was that was one where the writing kind of carried through. And I and yeah. I thought, OK, they actually took time here. But a lot of them, it's just like, 
you know, the episode goes again, laugh track, whatever, you know, and it's 20 minutes and maybe you really laugh for like a second. Right. But I just find that Ted Lasso, like they balance out that idea of like, okay, here's something serious. Here's a joke. Mm. Here's, here's like, you know, we're going to touch on mental health. We're going to touch on relationships, but we're still going to make you laugh. Right. And we're going to touch on big world issues. And I just, it, you don't see it a lot. That's all. I mean, maybe there's other ones that I just, haven't seen yet but um you know we tend to watch like murder shows so mm. <laughs> you know yeah. Like, <laughs> a little darker. yeah this has been very nice to watch with my wife i said last night to her i'm like it's been very nice watching the show with you right because like we'll watch like mine hunters on netflix which is just right. like you know serial killers and you know it's such a stark difference um mm. so but that's been a big one for me um and again so i'll go with ted lasso and daft punk today movies um i will recommend the creeds I did not think I would like okay. the Creed series, okay. but I've very much enjoyed all of them so far. And Michael mm -hmm. B. Jordan is just stellar. So, I, you know, I really like Michael B. Jordan a lot. Um, and just seeing that whole, you know, I, w I thought it would be a little bit more cheesy mm. being like this weird sequel to the Rocky franchise. And, you know, for me, sort of, there was, I think, another kind of in the middle between Rocky and... Uh, and this that I did not enjoy. I don't remember which one it was. Maybe it was it was definitely past Rocky Four, um, uh, but um, was it the fifth one? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I think yeah. it kind of maybe took a real dive, and I was like, oh, okay, they okay. they went a little bit too long. Um, but this the Creed one they did well. So, um, and then the last thing, really, if you could just kind of give anybody any advice, like about your journey and what you think is, uh, you know, something that they could take away in just in recovery or making their life better, right? It, it doesn't yeah. even have to be recovery all the time. It's just like, how are you going to make your life better? Um, and that's really what we want to leave people with. I actually think this isn't necessarily a recovery thing, but I think one of the best ways to make your life better is to have somebody give you constructive negative criticism about yourself. <laughs> that's some of the, that's been some of the best moments because I'm a part of a, uh, men's group and that's just one of the exercises that you get to give people so that's actually good because then you get to hear what uh, someone's perception of you that you might not even know something you need to work on okay. so i think that's just a good way to it's a good thing to fear actually so yeah that is a good one that is a good yeah. one and that's interesting that you're in a men's group like that that's yeah. um you know again something that's a real growing kind of experience so i like that one constructive yeah. negative criticism and it's hard to take right yeah it is it's tough you have to, especially when you're not expecting it <laughs> like you know the things some of the things that are wrong with you right <laughs> you don't know it's like uh, what <laughs> yeah i know it's like so when somebody points it out you're kind of like ooh, that yeah. you know that hurts right um yeah. but if you're in that mode and you are willing to accept it it is where the best growth can come out of i think so that is a great one i love that one yeah so we're going to leave with that. I have nothing better than that to offer the world tonight. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah. But uh, I really like that. And I listen, I've really appreciated you being on the podcast, Jeremiah. Yeah, I think it I'll was... just, uh, if anyone wants, I'll just go. Yeah, no, plug, plug all your yeah. stuff out. Uh, if anyone else wants to check me out, you can just check it out. My website, www.jeremiahu.com. And that's where you'll find some comedy stuff, some book stuff. So yeah, some more advice. If you No, I don't give advice. I'm just <laughs> saying that I'm just trying to get more listeners. But yeah, thank you. And I'm going to, I'm going to link it all in the show notes and people can, yeah 
can kind of dig in there and we'll link uh, your socials. We'll link your website. Um, we'll link direct to your book and uh, we'll go from there. Right. And hopefully yeah, people you. check it all out. And if anybody's in Toronto, I'm sure you can catch Jeremiah uh, some night in a club. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. His schedule is always up on his Instagram. So give a peep and uh, we'll see you the next time. Thanks again, Jeremiah. Yeah, thank you. Okay.